A few years ago, best-selling author David Bach created a bit of controversy in the world of personal finance. What he said was that rather than folks buying a latte every day, they should take the $5 that a latte costs, save and invest it, and if they do, over time, they'll become a millionaire. He called it the latte factor. Pretty simple concept, but it generated huge backlash, and it still does to some extent today. People hate the concept. Today in this video, we're going to talk about some of that backlash, but before we do, we have to ask a really important question. Is it legit or not? Or is it just, I don't know, a scam? I mean, can you really become a millionaire on $5 a day? Hi, I'm Rob Berger, author of Retire Before Mom and Dad. I actually talk about the latte factor in my book, and today we're going to get our hands dirty. We're going to actually look at the math and we're going to put the latte factor to the test. Can we become millionaires, say, over the course of our working years, saving just $5 a day? Let's check it out. I've opened up a Google spreadsheet and we can easily calculate the future value of our $5 a day investment. The formula after an equal sign is just FV for future value and we're going to assume a 10% rate of return, and we're going to divide that by 12. That'll give us monthly compounding. So the number of periods, 45 years, times 12. The amount, remember, 150 a month. And we'll assume we don't have anything saved to start with. We don't want to get an unfair advantage here. So there it is. There's the formula. Again, we're saving $150 a month. That's $5 a day. We're assuming a 10% uh, rate of return compounded monthly. And we're going to do this during our working years, let's say from the age of 22 to 67. What does our portfolio look like? There it is. I guess Mr. Bach was right. In fact, that's a lot more than a million dollars. That's over one and a half million dollars, saving and investing just $5 a day. So that's one expensive cup of coffee. Well, more than just one. So what's the controversy, you say? I mean, math is math. Uh, what's the problem? Well, it turns out there's a lot of controversy behind the latte factor. It's not just one thing. It's like three or four things. So what are they? Well, the first objection was that lattes don't cost $5. Some said it's outrageous to think that a latte actually costs $5. Now, I'm pretty sure the folks that made that objection have never been to Starbucks, but we shouldn't assume anything. So let's check it out. Does a latte really cost $5? And more importantly, if it costs more or less than that, how does that affect the calculations? All right, so let's figure out just how much a latte costs. I'm at Starbucks.com, hot coffees. Let's check out the lattes. Here we go. Smoked butterscotch latte? Seriously? I'm getting old. All right, we're going for it. $5.96, look at that. Tax is 9.3%. All right, well, what would that do to our calculations? Let's check it out. I've uh, changed the spreadsheet a bit. Uh, this was our original calculation, and I've duplicated it here, and this will show us the difference. So what we're going to do is, rather than contributing $150 a month, we're going to contribute $5.96 times 30. So we're adding just $0.96 cents a day. How big a difference could that make? There you go. 96 cents a month over 45 years, $301,000. It is huge. Let's imagine you don't go to Starbucks or you don't get one of those fancy lattes. 
and your latte only costs, I don't know, let's say $4. We're still talking $1.2 million. So as it turns out, a latte often does cost $5 or even more, but it kind of misses the point. Even if we were to save $4 a day or $4.50 a day, over a lifetime, it still turns into a pile of cash. So let's look at the next objection. That related to David Bach's assumed rate of return. He assumed 10%, and some folks said, that's outrageous. We can't assume that we'll earn 10% over the next 45 years. Now, as I record this podcast, the market is in a bear market. So a lot of folks are probably saying, yeah, 10% is crazy. But of course, we need to think about it not over the next few months or year or even years, but over the next 45 years. Now, what the market will actually return, that's anybody's guess. But what we can do is look at history and ask, well, how has it performed over roughly the last 100 years? Well, if we go to a site like Vanguard, they actually have that data. And what, the, what their data shows is that if we have a portfolio of, say, 80% stocks and 20% bonds, and we look at the performance dating all the way back to 1926, that portfolio has averaged a return of 9.4%. So that's, of course, less than 10, but does it really make that big of a difference? Well, let's find out. We are back in our spreadsheet. We can easily change the 10% assumption to 9.4, and you see the difference. $297,000 less. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. That's just 0.6 of 1%. And yet it reduces our portfolio at the end of 45 years by $300,000. But it's still the case that $1.275 million is a lot of money. So as you can see, changing the assumed rate of return makes a huge difference on the outcome 45 years from now. In fact, changing the amount that you save, how long you save it, or the rate of return, when you're talking about a 45-year period, makes a huge difference. But here's the thing. Even at a 9.4% rate of return, $5 a day, well, still turns into a big pile of cash. So what was the third objection? This one, to me, is perhaps the most meaningful, and it was this. Look, life is short. The last thing we want to do is give up all of the pleasures in life so that maybe 45 years from now, we can retire. And I certainly understand that sentiment. I suppose someone could question whether a daily latte is necessary for life to be meaningful, but who am I to judge? In fact, there was a time when I had a Starbucks mocha five or six times a week. I was addicted to them. Now, I ended up quitting cold turkey. It wasn't so much because of the latte factor. It was because of the calories. And I got to tell you, I was miserable. For the first few days, that's all I thought about. No one wanted to be around me. Well, sometimes they don't want to be around me anyway. But they really didn't want to be around me then. But a funny thing happened. After about seven, eight, nine days, yeah, I didn't miss them. And guess what? I haven't had a mocha in years. But of course, that's me. You may love lattes. But here's the real takeaway. The latte factor isn't about the latte. It's a metaphor. We sometimes spend small amounts of money on a regular basis without maybe giving it a lot of thought because it doesn't seem like it's a significant amount of money. It's just a few dollars. But if we save and invest that amount over time, it turns into a pile of cash. Does that mean you have to give up your daily latte? No. 
But it does mean if you can find other ways to save even small amounts of money, invest it wisely over time, it'll turn into a lot of money. How much? Well, it depends on how much you save and for how long and, of course, your rate of return. But think about it. Even if you're saving just a couple of bucks a day and it turns into hundreds of thousands of dollars over time, that's a lot of money. I find the latte factor, the concept behind it, to be quite empowering. It shows us that we have far more control over our money than sometimes we think or are led to believe. Whether you give up a latte or not, or anything else for that matter, well, that's totally up to you. Now, however you implement the latte factor in your life, there's one critical thing that you must do. It's simply this. Automate the savings that are generated from whatever changes you make in how you spend money. For you, it could be giving up a latte or something else. But if you're able to save, let's say, even $50 a month by making small changes to your life, you've got to automate your finances so you put that $50 to work in the right way. If you don't do that, if you're like me, you're going to spend that $50 on something else and you're not even going to know where it went. So how do you do that? Well, there's a lot of different ways and they're all fairly straightforward. You could, for example, increase the amount you're contributing to your 401k or 403b at work. If you have an IRA, you could increase the amount you're contributing to that account each month by $50 in our example. Of course, if you don't have an IRA and you've been thinking of starting one, you can take the $50 per month, put it right into a new IRA and automate it that way. Or perhaps you're trying to build an emergency fund. That's great. Once a month, set up an automation so that it goes right from your checking account to what I prefer, an online bank. They tend to pay the highest rates. I'll have links in the discussion below this video of some of my favorite online banks. Uh, but you could automate the transfer from your checking account to an online savings bank. Finally, you could automate additional uh, payments on your debt. Perhaps you're trying to tackle your student loans or you have some credit card debt you're trying to pay off, or you're trying to uh, pay off your mortgage uh, faster. You can automate the process so that the payments are increased, in this case, by the extra $50. We know that over time, whether you're trying to increase your savings or pay down your debt, the compounding effect of even small amounts of money will go a long way. I'll put all the links to resources uh, that I've talked about in this video in the discussion below. Hope you've enjoyed the video. Until next time, remember, the best thing money can buy is financial freedom. As we know, over time, whether you're paying down debt a little faster or you're saving, the compounding effect will 